0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. This is a supplement segment to yesterday's podcast on Isaiah chapter 10. This is Mitali's segment that was not included in the previous podcast. So, take it away, Mitali. Hello, today's teaching is coming from Isaiah chapter 10. So, as we have seen from chapter 7 up until now in chapter 10, um, these are a series of prophecies um, that Isaiah gave to the people of Israel. Um, he prophesied the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is going to come in the second coming to take over the throne and reign and establish a government. And we also look at... Um, his prophecies um, of the Great Tribulation. And um, this centers around, you know, when there's a Great Tribulation, this, is the, uh, this centers around the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are a series of prophecies that Isaiah was speaking about, and he was speaking in the local situation in Israel then, when um, the Israelites had turned away from God and had become faithless. So doing, And he was prophesying during the reign of King Ahaz. So God, in this particular chapter, sorry, uh, God used the Assyrians before Christ to judge Israel, and um, God also later on judged the Assyrians, so the chapter opens with the injustice of the courts of the nation, and um, prophecy reaches down to the immediate future of israel and um, Isaiah um, to the to, 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 to the immediate future of Israel and um, to the last days of the nation of Israel. So verse 1 to 4, it speaks of the judges of Israel who are unjust and will be judged by God. So verse 1 reads, Woe to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune um, which they have prescribed. So here, you know, it speaks of um, judges being um, unjust, you know, judging um, in an unjust way. Mostly, if we look in our local situation today, um, there's a lot of unjust causes, especially when it comes to the poor, who us, you know, to the widows, to the children, who are mostly supposed to be protected by the law. But you find this judge is sitting on the throne, is sitting, sorry, um, in court, and um, they are biased, they are corrupt, and in the end, you know, um, you know, innocent people tend to suffer. So, um, you know, a judge is supposed to mirror God here on earth, and if they if they judge unjustly here on earth, um, you know, the justice of God, you know, will be borne upon them. They will be answerable to God, um, you know, when 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 it, when it's it, it um, when 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 God comes when when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. So, verse two goes on to read the. To rob the needy of justice and to take what is right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. So here, here, like um this is happening um today. When Isaiah was prophesying it, when Isaiah was talking about it, it was happening back then a thousand or plus years ago. Um and If we look in today's modern setup, it's happening today in today's liberal world. It's happening today. So we can see this happening. You know, um, we can see the courts not mirroring the justice of God. And this is why there is a lot of lawlessness. And, um, you know, you have uh, a degradation of, um, you know, the moral compass and a degradation of, of, of nations today. You know, you have, you know, criminals have to be punished. And the problem is the courts today. you know criminals are not punished; they walk freely on the road today today. we have white collar crimes, and people get away with you know robbing um you know poor people out of their hard earned money and they just walk away scotch free and just because um they 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 you know they have the judges in their pockets, but God is coming to actually um um judge the judges here who are supposed to um mirror god's judgment. And, um, you know, the needy and the the, the needy and the poor need justice and they need to be protected. And only God can give justice to the poor. So today we have many godless men who are sitting in the judge's chair, which is um, sad and unfortunate. So moving on to verse three, it reads, what will you do in the day of punishment and in the dissolution, which will come from afar? To whom will you flee For help, and where will you leave your glory? So, here, verse 3, you know, God is saying, You're judging today, and you ought to represent me in a just and fair way. And the day is coming when God will actually be sitting on the throne and he will judge the judges, you know, for all the injustices and all, you know, like everything unfair that actually happened when they should have actually judged in a righteous way. So verse four goes on to read, "Without me, they shall bow down among the prisoners, and they, and they shall fall among the slain. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still." So here, you know, God said, "God says this will affect um all, you know, the straiters of society, and will bring about the t- deterioration of." you know, in morals, so um, God is coming to actually um, be the judge, um, the outright judge of, of, of everything. So, verse 5 goes on to read, Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, and the staff in which in whose hand is my indignation. So, here, um, verse 5, you know, this is a key verse as as. Dr. J.D. McGee put it, you know, it's a key verse that's tying down um this particular chapter and, you know, the other previous chapters from verse uh from chapter seven. So um it sheds light on, you know, the whole purpose of God. And um he used the Assyrians as a rod to chasten his people of Israel. So he used it to discipline and punish them because of their faithlessness and their 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 um their wickedness and you know they turned away from God and turned into pagan and turned to pagan religions. Um, so here the the destruction that's um, they you, you know that, that was brought by the Assyrians, it was like God was used the Assyrians as 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 that switch that um, you know to to, to to punish and to discipline his own people. And verse 6 goes on to read, I will send him against an ungodly nation and against the people of my Mm -hmm. wrath. I will give him charge to seize the spoil, to take the prey, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. So here, um, you know, God says he's responsible for actually sending, um, you know, um, Zanakari. Um, to the of the Assyrians to his people and um, he's responsible for taking the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity so here in as much as you know the Assyrians may think oh hey we did it on our own because of our strength our military strategy God willed it so because um, his people had turned away from him and he and God um, wanted to punish and discipline them, you know, for every sin, for every crime that someone commits, you know, there has to be a punishment. But God's hand was still outstretched, even if he punished, even if he was punishing his people. But it was still outstretched and God was waiting for them to actually turn back to him. Verse 7 reads, Yet he does not mean so, nor does, he, nor does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off not a few nations. So here, um you know the Assyrians had no notion um that you know he was being prompted by God, so the Assyrian was having you know the great victories, and it blinded him of the fact that um it was God that was using him, and he felt that um he was using his own strength and um he was victorious um on his own, but um the whole while it was actually God who had actually prompted him, and uh God who had actually used um the Assyrian um the rod of his anger. So he used the Assyrian as the rod of his anger. So um I'll just cruise through to verse eight all the way to eleven, which reads, um, for he says, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not uh like Karche Mesh Mesh, um, is not Hamath like Arpad, is not uh, Samaria, like Damascus, as my hand has found the kingdoms of the idiots, um, whose carved images excelled those of Jerusalem and Samaria, as I have done to Samaria and their idols shall I shall I not do also to Jerusalem and her idols? So here you know you see the Assyrian king boasting and bragging with his own victories and thinking he's actually doing it on his own when it's actually God who who prompted him to 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 do so to to go and, and 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 be victorious and and win all the, um the war that he waged against um Jerusalem. So verse 12 goes on to read therefore it shall come to pass when the lord has performed all his work on mount zion and on Jerusalem that he will say i will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of assyria and the glory of his haughty looks. So here we see you know god says when i get through using him to punish my people i will punish and judge him as well and god finally dealt with the assyrian you know god controls and judges all the nations of the earth so people and leaders of nations um should not think um they have you know the, the, the they're clever enough they have um you know, um, the military might or or the technological might and all to outmaneuver themselves because they are smart and they are doing it on their own. God actually controls and judges all the nations. This is why in a nation, if you have a godless leader, the nation just goes haywire. You know, you have a lot of injustice, you have a lot of, um, you know, you just have a lot of um things that are just not going right um, in a nation. So... Verse 13 goes on to read, For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom I am prudent. Also, I have removed the boundaries of the people and have robbed their treasures. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. My hand has found, like a nest, the riches of the people, and as one gathers eggs that are left, I have gathered all the earth, and there was no one. Who moved his wing nor opened his mouth with even a peep? So this is the Assyrian boasting of all his victories, and he feels he's doing all these things, and the strength that that he actually has is all on his own. So verse fifteen goes on to read: "Shall the axe boast itself against um, him who chops, who chops with it, or shall the saw exalt itself against him who saws with it? And uh, as if a rod could." wield itself against those who lift it up or as if a staff could lift up as it is with uh, not wood. So here, you know, um, you know, this Assyrian, instead of praising like his maker, he thinks he can actually, he actually did it on his own. It's like, you know, all these examples that have been given, you know, you can't find an axe posting. you know, oh, hey, I chopped so much wood. No, someone is controlling that particular axe. You can't find a saw exalting itself and saying, oh, hey, look, um, look at how much I saw. No, there's actually somebody pushing it to actually saw so here um somebody and that somebody is always god and god is always using us and it's always important in nations to have men who have a recognition of god and you know don't mind standing up and saying it and you know standing up for god so today we are divided with minority groups and um and you know all these people claiming you know liberation and rights and all but what about god who is the real minority group um you know, are we exalting him? Are we standing up for God today? You know, as a nation, like our leaders today, are they proud enough to stand up and, and, and stand up for God? You know, um, so, 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 you know, um, God should be the majority in our lives. Um, we should always turn to God no matter, you know, what problems we face and all we should not try and exalt ourselves and say i did it on my own because i am really really smart um and you know um which is besides the case because god is always behind and doing it all so reading moving down to 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 verse 16 all the way to 19 therefore the lord the lord of hosts will send uh leanness among his fat ones and under his glory he will kindle uh a burning, like the burning of a fire. So the light of Israel will be for a fire and the Holy One for a flame. It will burn and devour his thorns and his berries in one day and it will consume the glory of his forest and his um, fruitful field, both soul and body, and they will be um, as when a sick man wastes away. Then the rest of the trees of his forest will be so few in number uh that a child may write with them so here god is talking about um you know how um he's going to destroy um the nation of israel how it's going to wither away it's going to go into dissolution because of um uh, the anger he had because his people turned away from 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 god so this is a vision of um the jewish remnant in the great um sorry um, how oh, sorry! How God actually um is angry with His people because they actually turned away from Him. Um, verse twenty goes on to. Verse twenty is what talks about the vision of the Jewish remnant in the Great Tribulation. So, verse twenty goes on to read, "It shall come to pass in the day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on." Him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord and the Holy One of Israel in truth. So this talks about you know the Jewish remnant. Um, so you know that day, that day here in Scripture where it says, "And it shall come to pass in that day." That day is the day the Lord, um, is the day of the Lord that begins with the Great Tribulation period. So um, it's reached beyond the Assyrian. Um, of that day and moves down towards the last day. So, um, so this day that the Lord is talking about, it began with um, the Assyrians. Um, and, 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 you know, this was prophesied. And it, the Great Tribulation, when the Great Tribulation comes, and that's the day, um, the day of the Lord as well. So this, um, let me just cruise through the verses, um, just read as fast as I can. The remnants will return to the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. So, um, the people who turned away, you know, uh, from God, um, you know, after all this happened, God, God talked about, um, the Jewish remnant that was still in um, Jerusalem. That's the vision of the Jewish remnant, um, in the great tribulation, those that actually remained, um, they will turn to God, um, to the mighty God. Um, and um, like here it says, never again will they depend on he who defeated them. So all these idols and all, they will not, uh, and, and, and their captivity, captors, they will not depend on them. So here, verse 22 reads, for through your people, O Israel, um, be as the sand of the sea. A remnant of them will return, the destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness, for the Lord God of hosts will make a uh, determined end um, in the midst of all the land. So when they return um, to God the remnants, the Jewish remnants, the destruction that was decreed shall be over, and it shall overflow with righteousness. So verse 24 reads, therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, all my people who dwell in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrian, he shall strike you with a rod and lift up his staff against you um, in the manner of Egypt. Yet for a very little while, and their indignation will cease, as will my anger in their indignation. The Lord of hosts will stir up his scourge for him, like the slaughter of um, my, 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 my dying. Um, Where am I? By dying at the rock of Oreb as his rod was on the sea, so will he lift it up in the manner of Egypt. So here, um, the Lord is, is, um, so here it's an encouragement, um, you know, to, to actually always believe in God, um, so here the the, the 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 remnants are being encouraged to actually not fear the Assyrians, even if they strike up their rod, because God is with them and he will protect them. Um, scripture goes on to read, It shall come to pass in the day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your back, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So, you know, everything shall come to pass, you know, um, that it was prophesied, everything um sh- will come to pass, and um every all our burdens will be rested on on on, on God's shoulders. So this is a representation of God's strength. So verse twenty eight goes on to read, um he has come to Aita, um to pass, and has passed my gran at my. Sh- Ma Mitch Mash. Um he has attended to his equipment. They have gone along the ridge. They have taken up lodging at Jeba, Rama is afraid. Um Jebia of Saul has fled. Lift up your voice, O oh daughter of Galim, because it. To be cause it to be heard as far as uh, Leish, Opua Anathoth, Anathoth, um, Mad Meha has fled. The inhabitants of Jebim, Je, sorry Jebim, um, seek refuge. As yet, he will remain at Nob that day he will shake his fist at the mount of the daughter of zion the hill of jerusalem so here we see um you know a, ge- a geographical location of um the north of jerusalem it shows the route that the invader from the north took uh, in that day and um when um gorg in the land of Megog um you know the last days will use to attack to, you know to in, you know when Gog in the from the land of Megog will, 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 will you know during the last days he will use to attack Israel in the last days and it was made clear in um the book of Ezekiel so um i um ayat is um 15 miles north of jerusalem so that's the first place that was mentioned and my gran is south of Aath. so um it's a path where jonathan got his victory over the philistines um jeba and Rama are six miles north of jerusalem and that uh, and Athoth three miles um and this is where jeremiah came from it's three miles from jerusalem uh laish um, is the extreme north of Palestine and it's um, where the tribe of Dan came from um, Mad Menor is a dunghill. it's a dump hill it's north of Jerusalem Jebim, Jebim is north of Jerusalem it's, um, its exact site is not known and Nab is north of Jerusalem and it's inside the city and it marks the passage of the enemy so here, uh, moving on to verse thirty-three. So this is, um, you know, the, the 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 route, the geographical route that um, you know the Assyrians actually used to 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 attack to and get to Jerusalem. So here, verse thirty-three goes on to read: um, As yet, he will remain at Nob that day, and oh, he will shake his fist at the mount of the Zion of at the mount of. The daughter of Zion and the hill of Jerusalem, behold, the, it's verse thirty-three. Now, behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will lop off the, bro, the bow with terror. Those in high stature will be hewn down, and haughtily will be, and haughty will be humbled. So here, you know, God intervenes and delivers His people. And it's a reference to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When He comes, He's going to deliver His people from all the injustice, the terror, the destruction, um, the you know the from everything that's wicked here on earth. So, um, verse thirty four reads, "He will cut down the thickets of the forest with iron, and Lebanon will fall by the mighty one." So, the coming of Christ. Is what this verse is speaking of. It's the coming, the second coming of Christ on earth. So God here in chapter 10, you know, um, you know, despite his anger and um he wants to discipline and punish his he wanted to discipline and punish his people for their faithlessness and godliness, and he used the Assyrian as his rod to actually punish them, but his hand was still outstretched and there is um, the hope and promise in the end of Christ's second coming and he will come and rule here, uh, the yoke will be broken and we'll put all our burdens on his shoulder because um, he is our Lord and personal Savior and um, he will um, bear our burdens for us. So yeah, this is the scripture and um, it looked at the coming of Christ and the great tribulation and the judges of today. And um, it was very interesting um, study, long and interesting. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Friday. Bye-bye. You know my, you know you